Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Everything about this moment in history seems uniquely designed to challenge our mental health. We are suffering, we need answers, and we need help. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Sound Mind Live and Consequence of Sound to host their new podcast series, Going There. I'm Dr. Mike Friedman, clinical psychologist and life coach. With Going There, I will talk with musicians who struggle with their mental health, just like us. After all, mental illness affects us all. And the same artists who have stepped up to share their wonderful work with us are now sharing the intimate details of their journey in living with mental illness. We are going to ask the tough questions, and we're going to have the difficult conversations, all so that we can learn from each other. But more importantly, to shine a light on the difficult topic of mental illness so that we can all come out of the darkness and get the care we need. So we hope you join us on this journey. Going there. The crossroads where music and mental health meet. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you. 
Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, I really do hope you like what you hear enough to hit that subscribe button. Keep up with what we do every single week. It's three brand new interviews coming at you, one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, maybe discover some new ones, at least know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you could subscribe uh, all the uh, usual spots, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, YouTube for the video versions, Acast, anywhere you get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with, hit that subscribe button. And I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking to uh, John Batiste. He is back with a brand new record. It's going to be out later this year called uh, We Are. Uh, now, I spoke with him last summer when he had just put out what it now has become the title track. So a lot has happened since then. Uh, not only has he finished the record, but in the meantime, between all of this, as well as being out on the streets and, and, and leading protests and inspiration and his day job on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, uh, he also wrote the, well, wrote half of the score to the uh, Pixar movie Soul uh, alongside Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So we're going to talk about all of this. He's going to tell us about branching out to be more than what he's just known for, sort of a inspirational jazz artist. There's a lot more going on in this record right here. Uh, and, and of course, the process. He says he blueprinted this record in six days between his gigs at The Late Show and writing for Soul. Uh, he's going to go in depth about the importance of artistry, choosing a direction uh, to sing about the full experience of what it means to be a human. And then we'll get into the score as well for Soul, uh, doing those jazz pieces. If you've seen the movie anytime you see the main character playing the piano in, in his hands, that's based off of John Batiste's hands. It's, it's really cool how they've kind of animated him into the movie Itself, So I want to hear about what it was like uh, writing and performing the music for the movie and working alongside Nine Inch Nails uh, mastermind Trent Reznor and uh, musical partner Atticus Ross. So let's get into this. It's Kyle Meredith with John Batiste. How you doing? Great to see you too, man. We uh, I got to talk to you a little bit last year over the summer. You had just dropped a, a new single called We Are. It was during a very important moment in our country's history. And I'd sort of been wondering what was going to come from that. And now we're starting to uh, to hear more about it. You've got a full-length record on the way. And this is a big moment because this seems like this is, I don't know, this is you making a bit more of a statement musically maybe than you ever have. I mean, that's kind of what I get from reading about it. Is is that the case? I mean, I think it's more of myself than I've revealed to the public. I think I'm known for a few things, of course, that people have gravitated toward me for the, 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 the joy, the music, the, the, the lineage and all the, the music that I'm known for. But this record really encompasses a full range of my artistry in the sense of everything is, is, is there. Things that people don't know about me are there in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm on the record singing, rapping, chanting, I'm playing 12 instruments. There's like over a hundred people collaborating with me on the record. You know, it's it's really a full panorama of my artistry. And I think that's a great thing because the world needs authentic artistry right now. Real, conscious, authentic, but accessible artistry. And this record has, it just has that feel like when I, you know, my mentors who I'm, I'm always inspired by, it's the first record that I feel like really kind of taps into what it was that they were doing. You know, like when I think about Stevie, when he was making all of the records that he made in that classic period and how it just, 
it has so much of himself in it. I think it, it takes you to a, to a certain place when you listen to the music that we made. So I'm very proud of it. As you can see, I love, I love to share with the people and I want to give people something that is going to feed them in, in a real and rich, rich way. It's spiritually feed them. Just give them something so deep. So this is, this is our record, man. Did you go into it like, you know, is that something that just happens naturally for you? Like you're starting to work on the record and this finally becomes a record that you want to make? Or did you actually go into it saying this has to be the statement? Oh, no, I didn't think about a statement. We made the blueprint of the record in six days. You know, we were in the dressing room at the Ed Sullivan Theater and in between taping the late show and doing music scores, writing a musical. You know, I was working on Soul at the time when the Disney Pixar six days of around the clock in and out of my dressing room creatives coming in and out of the dressing room you know food deliveries coming in and out of the dressing room i had somebody cooking us some stuff some homemade food coming in and out you know we had some pastries coming in and out you just all hours and just one mic laptop and all my instruments in the dressing room we made the blueprint for we are in six days wow. six days of just around the clock i'm doing a bunch of other stuff that's kind of like melding into each other and then over nine months of just crafting, meticulous lyric writing, singing, uh, getting different musicians to come in and lay stuff on it. Over nine months, we finished the record um, based on that blueprint of that six day recording session in my dressing room. And that was really how the music got to be what it is and the narrative got to be what it is over nine months of just living life and it revealing itself to us what that six days meant. You know, yeah. what did that six days in time mean? And a lot of it was, it was prescient in that, you know, we didn't know it would be prophetic that the music would align with the, the, the moment of the country and it would align with so much of what is going on in the world. I was just making the thing that was on my heart. Which, you know, is important point you bring up there because a lot of this was written, uh, maybe all of it was written before the summer protests happened that we were talking about last time, that moment where we are really did align with everything that we were seeing in the street. But it's not like that's when that started. I mean, obviously, this has been going on forever, but especially in the last few years, more and more and more. Did that become very obvious that that was going to be part of your subjects that you were singing about, at least? I, I wanted to sing about the full experience of what it means to be a human. So there's songs about love, there's songs about my growing up and the nostalgia of being a child. There's songs about dealing with the communal aspect of, of coming together and fighting for rights. Cause you know, at the time it wasn't the national protests that were happening during the pandemic, but we've always had that sort of question. And, and the things that I'm singing about on the record ultimately are things that will bridge a lot of the different communities across the world because I don't believe in genre and I don't believe in making music that is trapped in, in, in one category. So that was the one real objective above anything. It was to make something that will create community. And that's why this record has such a social consciousness because I'm thinking about people. I'm thinking about, I'm always thinking about people and, and that, that will create that environment in the music. Yeah. It, it's interesting, you know, thinking about you writing this at the same time, 
that you're doing soul i mean obviously now we've seen that movie beautiful movie just amazing story and and of course that's that is tying in with a lot of the things i think that you're saying here you know what, what we take away from you know the story of soul and you um you know for anyone who doesn't know of course you uh did a lot of the music you wrote uh, most of the music that we see uh, in it uh, other than the score that uh resner and, and atticus was doing but um when you're thinking of what you want to do with your music and then you have this moment in a movie like soul I was thinking like there are moments in there where you have to, I don't know, I, I'm putting, I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but there has to be a song in this movie that seems like it represents all of time and space and the universe and human existence. Like, how do you write that song? Like, what is that? I, I, I don't think about the music from the perspective of capturing all, but I think about the specific of the moment that the character is in and how does that how does he feel? How does the character in the film, Joe, at least at, at that moment where he's kind of capturing time and space, but how does he feel? And what is it? What does that feel like for me whenever I'm in the zone and I'm creating music and I feel like I'm tapped into God's divine source and the universe is all just clear to me? <laughs> like those those feelings you get when you're in this euphoric state of creativity are so special and rare that you remember what they feel like mm -hmm. and what does that sound like? So it's about taking different chord structures, different harmony, different music that gives you that feeling or that you listen to and you think that they probably felt like that when they were making it and try to recreate that feeling and use all of this source material. Just take all of the source material from your life and from other people's music and from just reading different literature. I've always felt that anything out there is source material. If, if, if it gives me the feeling that I'm looking to create, put it in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I do. And, and, and I just kind of make things based on that. I want to hit on a couple more things about that, that um, the movie too was, was so, again, such a beautiful creation. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago that the other side of the music came from uh, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, his partner, Atticus, right. Atticus Ross, uh, which always seemed to be like, Am I right by you took care of the music that was on Earth and they sort of took care of the music that was out in the astral plane? That seemed to be how it was divided. Did you all talk much about how you both were approaching your angles? Because it's very different sounds that you're producing. Oh, yeah. We talked a lot in the sense of how to make it work. And then there were moments where it actually aligned and we worked together on stuff. You know, you see the scene where Joe has the epiphany and plays his life on the piano. And... um I don't want to do any spoilers, but there's, there's a moment right there where he's playing the piano, is playing his life story. And it's a really moving moment that we worked on together at Capitol Studios in LA. And we listened to each other's scores and we would send cuts of the film back and forth. And there would be their music in there. So I would get a sense of what they were making and vice versa. They would get a sense of what I was making. So whenever we were writing, it wasn't just in our own silos. We were actually influenced by each other's music and at times working together. Well, it's it's beautiful creation that you guys did do. I know I've said that a few times, but I really do mean that. That's a type of movie that sends children into music. Uh, my son uh, watched it. He's 13 years old. We have musical instruments around the house. He, he really has never taken an interest in it. I walk into his room the other night. He's teaching himself guitar chords. That happened after he watched this movie, Soul. So I think I have you to thank some for that right there. So I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him hello for me, man. Yeah. 
I will do. It's important work that you do, John. Uh, I cannot wait to hear the full record, what we've heard so far with I Need You. This is such a great little song. Uh, I say little song, but uh, it's it's so great what you're doing in there. And of course, we are, you know, the powerful message that comes from that and everything you've done. Thank you so much for continuing to do what you do. And, and thanks for taking the time to talk about it today, too. Thank you, Kyle, man. I, I'm glad I've got a chance to rap about it. All right. Take care. We'll see you around soon. Peace. So I'd mentioned that uh, John and I spoke just last summer. I want to include that as part two of Kyle Meredith with John Batiste. Check this out. Hey, what's happening? How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for doing this. Uh, how's it going over there? It's good. It's good. I'm, I'm here. I'm alive and I'm uh, in front of the piano. Thank you for doing this today, John. Uh, as I've been talking to everybody, today's an important day. You've been doing such uh, important work out there, really important work on the, on the front lines, on the streets, obviously uh, on the socials and everything. Uh, it is the primary voting today for both Kentucky and New York. Uh, we've got a lot of eyes on us down here in Kentucky, and I think we're going to talk about it here in just a second. But I was going to ask you about what New York's looking like right now. Um, have, have you voted? Yes, yes. And, and, you know, New York is, it's got a lot going on with the protests. You know, I'm in Brooklyn and you can see at Barclays Center every day, there's thousands of people, you know, there's thousands of people standing up. There's thousands of people standing up in Manhattan and go to Union Square, you go down to Empire State Building, you know, it's all of the landmarks, right. funny enough, are where you're seeing a lot of people come out and say, Let's change the ideals of what we say we are in America. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things, too, because obviously with all the conversation that's been happening over the last month or so, uh, especially over the last month or so, I should say, the conversation has been happening for way too long, over hundreds of years, but especially over the last month or so, um, it really does come down to voting. And, and I've liked what you have talked about in, in several of your other interviews, because we're fighting a lot more than just racism, we're fighting apathy. And I think that's a dangerous, dangerous monster. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that as well, because I know that's something that's been on your mind. Well, there's a lot of things that are creating the, 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 the system, as we call it, the systemic oppression. And uh, there's a lot of things that are creating the environment for a lot of our issues to persist. And I think for me, when I said that I was speaking to the, the disengaged nature of many of us throughout our lives to change those systems and change that environment, which creates, it compounds on itself. Uh, things start to become more and more entangled with each other and finding the root of it is a very difficult task, um, which I chalk up to apathy. It's, well, if we can't figure out how to get to the bottom of all of this, then why not just, it'll, someone else will fix it, or it'll find a way to be fixed, or it'll never be fixed. I'm going to give up on it. So race is obviously something that this country has to face and deal with, but there's so much more um, that is contributing to this atmosphere um, of, of entang entanglement with dysfunction. And we have to really figure out how, how are we going to approach it um, collectively and how are we going to approach it with our individual experiences. As a black person, you approach it with a certain level of experience 
that no one else will have in regards to race. Then there's voting, which speaks to a lot of political systems that we have, they're remnants of, of, of broken ideology and toxic ideology. You know, there's one in 13 black Americans who, because of felony charges for things that they shouldn't have ever gotten um, in the first place, don't even have their voice to even vote, you know? Yeah. And let's not even talk about sexism. I mean, the, 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 the Me Too movement spoke to that, um, which you're seeing a lot of different movements. Even within the Black Lives Matter movement, there are trans lives. There are all of the different range of black lives. So uh, saying that to say the apathy is merited in a lot of ways because there's so much to figure out. There's so much that can leave you feeling there's, there's a lot more that we can do and the time is now. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I was having conversations this morning uh, about a lot of this. The, the apathy, of course, leads to inaction. And what this is all about, of course, is, is power and policy. Everything changes when the people making the rules are actually speaking for you. Right. Um, we are talking about the primaries today, again, Kentucky and New York. But what we're really uh, eventually talking about is the much bigger election that's happening uh, in, in November uh, of this year. Again, in Kentucky, we've got Charles Booker uh, going against Amy McGrath. That's really the biggest, uh, you know, contest today to see who will go yes. up against Mitch McConnell. Um, and, and it's become a race uh, very quickly. And it's become a race that I think a lot of people are looking at, uh, again, because of Mitch McConnell. What I said yes. earlier, and I don't know if you caught this, so Kentucky right now, I think has already, if we haven't already, it's a record-breaking day for how many people have voted. Mm -hmm. A lot of the attention has been on that we have one big polling place here in Louisville, but the, uh, to us, the real story has been the mail-in voting. Mm -hmm. uh, mail-in voting has been our biggest number ever. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's been amazing. And I think as we look ahead, you know, that's got to be part of the conversation for November, because I think that is everybody gets a chance then, right? Everybody gets a chance. And it doesn't even take you leaving your house at that point. I mean, when we talk about the apathy, when we talk about the inaction, you know, voting should be as easy as possible. Well, if everyone can get on Twitter or Instagram, then everybody should be able to vote digitally. I think that there's a lot of different systems that, again, because of the entanglement and the, the, the lack of communication across different sectors, things are not advancing as much as they can. I think that that's one of the reasons why I love bringing music into the conversation when we're protesting, when we're rallying. Because every single thing that's at our disposal to create the mega apparatus to point to voting, to point to all of the different solutions as time unfolds that will solve this entanglement, um, all of the things that we can garner to, towards that are important. Um, and I think that those in the technology realm and the realm of um, advancing our voting capabilities are really called to action right now. There's a lot that we can do in the mail, but there's so many different ways that we already utilize in our everyday life and that are user-friendly and that people understand how to use, especially those, the uh, Generation Z, you know, those coming up who are just, this may be their first time ever voting, you know, they don't want to go through a rigid process. And I'm not dissuading them from voting because I think if you have to wait four or five hours, still you got to vote. Absolutely. But there's so much that could 
easily be fixed in ways that we have at our disposal right now. Right. Yeah. And that's true. Don't let any of that stop you out there. Um, somebody just said art must be part of the revolution. Uh, and that's very, very true because that's something you're able to bridge out there. And, and when, you know, I've seen you, the videos of you out there in the protests uh, and again, leading the way, leading the charge, which is just amazing, you know, the, the involvement that you've been a part of here. Are you finding that what we're, a lot of us are suspecting that, you know, it's not the first time that we've been here. It's not the 20th time that we've been here, but there does seem to be something different about this time. It's suddenly not just today's hot topic that, you know, left us two weeks ago. Why now? Why is it different? What, what are you hearing out there? There's a difference because of, well, if you think about technology, there's a lot of information that is spread very quickly. Even looking at the Tulsa rally and what happened with the TikTok and K-pop fans between Twitter and TikTok, you know, that, that whole range of communication um, is, is just rapidly accelerated and the range of information that we can communicate. Even people seeing the death of George Floyd on video seeing the Amy Cooper incident with Christian Cooper in Central Park, seeing all of these things compounded by the fact that we're in the time where we've been inside for months with coronavirus and people don't have as much to do and there's not as much time to distract yourself from the things that we're seeing and we're in the middle of an election cycle. I think that the compounding of all of these things creates a space for people to act in the same, at the same rapid pace that they're receiving the information. So now we're seeing across the world, people are protesting and are in one accord. This couldn't have happened in the civil rights movement because there was not that level of, of communication and technological advancement to uh, allow for it to happen in that way. And I think that coupled with how long we've been dealing with the same issues, um, the, the lack of development on things that have been a part of the fabric of America for better or for worse since its founding. Um, to not have dealt with a lot of things, while we've advanced in a lot of ways, to have still these persistent issues that make American life uneven, it, it, it becomes exacerbated with the, the, the certain, the, the, the climate of the world today. Yeah, you know, one name that we say daily here in Louisville, of course, uh, is, is Breonna Taylor. And kind of going by what you're saying, uh, she could have just been another name that came and went. But because of the access mm -hmm. that we have today, you know, the entire world, at least the entire country, has been able to hold uh, the Louisville Police Department's uh, feet to the flames on this. Uh, you know, it, it's not the justice I think a lot of people wanted to see yet, but finally seeing the cop at least get fired was one step. And there are people still camped out there every single day you know, in, in, in the middle of the city. Uh, we are seeing that down here. And, and again, for that to have been on however many days now, you know, a weeks, weeks that people have not stopped every single night. I mean, I mean, that's amazing. And, and again, I mean, we had, uh, geez, Beyonce was even writing letters to the Kentucky Congress, you know, to, 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 you know, get a trial against these cops and everything. Beyond the protests, have you found yourself engaged in government differently? I mean, I feel like that's always sort of been part of your, your MO, but again, even for you, is it different this time? You know, I've, I've done um, marches and um, protests, you know, even thinking back to the March for Science, you know, on, on the National Mall that we did 
you know, that's 30, 40,000 people in support of science. When, mm -hmm. when uh, I mean, it's always been something I've wanted to, as much as possible and as authentically as possible, bring the arts into the conversation of politics and government. Um, because I think it is a powerful way to galvanize people and bring people together, change hearts and minds on the, the, on, on the same token, I do think that now it's more urgent because so many people are listening. I think that the things that I've done in the past and the things that have happened in our country in the past, besides the major moments, um, it's always been a small group trying to convince the larger group. And this feels like one of the first times that, wow, there may be even, it's maybe even on both sides or even more on the side of those trying to spread the message. Mm -hmm. um, so in that way, it seems very urgent to push as much as possible now while there's momentum. You, you mentioned, you know, bridging it with the arts and everything. And I do want to quickly bring up that you have a new single uh, out there with We Are. Yes. And this is uh, easily a very powerful song, one of the most powerful songs I've heard in, in a little while. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot about uh, politics, but, but let's, can, can you talk a little bit about this song? Because trying to write a song for a moment is not always easy and trying to, you know, put uh, as much as going into the world into one song. I mean, what was that? What was that like for you this time? Well, it was it was funny to have the song already finished, um, being that we we wrote the song last year, Autumn Roll and Kizzo, the producer and myself. In November, the song was finished. I went to New Orleans to record it with my alma mater, the St. Augustine High School Marching Band, which is a high school level band that is college, college level proficient in terms of legend and in terms of what they've done for the culture. And I was a part of that band. And the school, um, founded in 1951, is a school for all black males to train them to be elite in the world in every different sector, politics, music, all of the, and everything in between. Um, business, a lot of leaders come from the school. So I was really on the, on the wave of creating music like that for my next album and already following that wave and riding that wave in the world shifted to the point where I felt that this music needed to come out. And, and, and it really was something that met the moment and something that I think people could really get a lot of, of nourishment and joy and, um, and, and be reinvigorated in this time through hearing music that was deeply rooted in the things that we're protesting for. And, and let's hit that title because it's become its own, you know, hashtag through that. Yeah, you say we are. Mm -hmm. That's a sentence in itself, but can you, can you finish it as well? Yes. Well, we are a lot of things. We are as a response. We are is saying that they're saying that we're not, but we are. And we are is saying that we are the ones who can change the course of history. As you were saying earlier when we started talking that this has been going on for hundreds of years in many contexts in America. Well, we are the ones who for the next two, three, four hundred years can change the course of that right now we have the opportunity to do that um we're also the ones who create culture we're the ones who create the the dynamic that is at play in in the world 
So we are responsible for what happens in this moment in history. So many, so many things are tied to that we are. It's a response to a lot of things. It's an answer to a lot of things. That we are is really symbolic of a lot of what I believe we can do and in response to what's happened in the past, what can happen in the future. I'll read a couple comments really quickly here. I know as we're wrapping up the time, our friend Amy Kaplan says, your musical protests are fantastic. Thank you for using your voice to bring much needed change. Uh, I can also echo that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Thank you, Amy. Yeah. Bextagram also says, uh, joy as an act of resistance is also important, and music really helps reinvigorate the masses to keep on fighting and shows the world we are united. Uh, yes. Again, uh, completely uh, agree with all of that. A lot of what you're doing right now is it looks like an immediate response to what happens the, the previous day. Uh, is there anything, though, that we can that you've got planned that we can look forward to beyond, uh, you know, what, what, what's what's in motion for you right now? Wow. I really take it, you know, like you're saying, it's a day at a time. The, 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 the protests, the first protest that we planned happened. We put it together uh, over a day and a half. And, you know, the same as with the, the rally and, and, and the voter registration recital at, at, at the Brooklyn Public Library. And, and, you know, with the help of my colleagues and, and all of my collaborators who are of one accord and we want to see change happen. We want to point people to the voting booth. And all of these things are really about responding. So I can't really say what's next um, <laughs> other than that we're going to keep on the fight keep keep marching down the path and as the spirit leads us we will act i certainly appreciate what you're doing out there again and again uh if uh, all of you who are watching right now it, you know especially if you're in kentucky or new york today uh vote 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 yeah vote. and then it's coming up uh, uh you know our numbers the amount of people who live in this country versus the amount of people who show up to the voting booth it's embarrassing, I think, every single, every single year, uh, and that needs to change. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, John, but I think uh, you could probably agree with me that it is the most important thing that we could all do right now. Well, voting is literally the most important thing that we can do. Most of us can do it. That's, that's the beauty of voting. Most in the country can vote. Mm -hmm. There's not many things you can say that about in America we can actually vote and have our voice be heard in our community and nationally. A hundred million people didn't vote in the last presidential election. A hundred million. More than 40% of eligible people who could vote didn't vote. That's, that's something that speaks to the apathy. Um, and we have to combat that at all costs. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being a voice of that and a voice for so much out there, John. And thank you so much for doing this today. I so appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to do it, man. Yeah. Keep pushing it. And my thanks, John Batiste. Again, the new record, the upcoming album is called We Are. He's got the uh, the latest single out called I Need You right now. And of course, you can also pick up the, uh, the uh, score and soundtrack to the Disney Pixar movie Soul as well. Thanks to you for checking out this episode, especially making it all the way to the end here. Really do appreciate you listening. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up again with all of the interviews that we put out every single week. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube for the video version of this podcast right here. Anywhere you get your podcast from, just type in Kyle Merritt with, hit that subscribe button, and then head over 
to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along there as well. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.